Welcome to Video Vices with Contemporary Research. Listen in monthly as we talk integration, innovation, and industry with leaders across AV. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an episode brought to you by Contemporary Research. I'm your host today, Gabrielle, and thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the show. Right now, I'm thrilled to welcome Mike Ruffell on the show. He's a founder and chief gaming officer at MV Gaming, and he's going to be telling us all about the meta for AV and esports. So, Mike, welcome to the program, and thanks for joining us. Oh, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So it's great to have you here. So before we get into a little bit how pro AV and esports has evolved over the past few years, can you take a little time to tell us a little about a little bit about how AV is used in the esports industry and how it's used differently in esports in comparison to other industries? Sure. So um, for for those of the listeners out there who might not be familiar with esports, we're effectively uh, a sport, but the sport is played in video games. So you know, instead of a a ball or a bat or a club. We are using controllers and mice and keyboards and screens uh, are effectively our playing field, right? Mm -hmm. And our networks are our playing field. So um, we're playing video games at a very high level. And obviously visualization is what is going to help the crowd watching esports events understand what's going on inside the games. So uh, in many ways, we are more... Uh, prone to use audiovisual equipment than other sporting events are, and even concerts and so on. We're uh, we're, we're very much uh, in tune with our audience and connected um, to our audience through a screen. So, audiovisual equipment is very important in our industry, and and right now we are making full use of a lot of LED screens. For example, here just within our headquarters building, just within our office space. Uh, we have a 10-foot LED wall uh, inside a wow. live production studio, and we also have a massive 24-foot LED wall inside our uh, player, our pro player lounge, where our staff can come and watch the games as the teams competing all over the world. Um, now, in a live event setting, we are making full use of of screens and lights, um, and obviously the sound is very important to give cues to the audience what's going on inside some of these games. So, uh, for example. We had the Overwatch League uh, Season 1 Championship. We held that inside the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And during that event, we loaded in the largest stage that has ever been put into the Barclays Center. So imagine all the sporting events and concerts and shows that happen inside a venue like that in New York City. Um, You know, esports is actually what put in the, the most monumental stage production inside that arena in its history. And so... Um, you know, we're, we're making full use of those screens and lights and uh, to put on a show. And so as this evolves, we're, we're really looking forward to effectively being kind of the guinea pig for a lot of professional AV providers um, or a showroom as we build out our own arenas and um, our own real estate districts around those arenas for audiovisual technology. Wow. Yeah, those are some super cool uses of the audio and visual technology. You just described the 24-foot screen creates an awesome visual, I can't imagine. So eSports sounds like it's the perfect integration of all of these different levels involved in the AV market. So very awesome. Mm -hmm. The eSports market has boomed in recent years. Statista reports that 
2024, there's expected to be almost 286 million esports enthusiasts. That's a lot. Uh, and this is actually an increase for um, just 197 million in 2019. That's a lot of viewers. So I'm curious, how has the production level in esports grown over the past few years? How has the level grown? Yeah, the quality uh, of the production around esports has, has just been um, it's been monumental, to be quite honest. So we we've been really tracking. Um, you know, I would say not quite as far as maybe some of the professional traditional sports that were ingrained in broadcast television uh, have used cameras and and um, effects and, and, and so on in their major productions. But um, we have a little bit of, uh, I guess, I wouldn't call it really an edge, but we have um, maybe a new frontier where we're really participating in a lot of um, online streaming and digital broadcasts. Mm -hmm. And um, through through those technologies, uh, kind of growing and, and us figuring out different ways to use um, um, AV technology in our in our productions over the years, uh, we we've kind of developed uh, somewhat of the, the you know a unique broadcast style in, in esports, and you know a lot of a lot of this stuff is actually starting starting to incorporate um, you know kind of like live CD, CGI and animation. Um, mm. There's also like you know, kind of 3D illusionist effects that are being created in esports and within broadcast systems that uh, makes them for some really cool experiences for the for the uh, fan bases out there that are watching. And so, um, we're even seeing kind of um, the emergence of kind of like avatar performances and things on the stage. So, um, you know, it's really using like uh, the latest and greatest in CGI and animation to create kind of live uh, performances that. Uh, are a mixture of kind of the real stage inside a live venue, but with CGI characters and, and models. And so there's a lot of just really cool stuff that we're innovating on in esports. But from a core broadcast perspective, um, yeah, cameras have been getting much better for us and um, learning ways to track the audience. Um, I know like audio mixing has been uh, very important for us because when we're in these live event venues, the uh, one of the kind of the, the psychology behind kind of moving image and sound um, starts to come into play. And so when we're in an arena with 5,000 esports fans screaming and yelling and watching these matches that are high energy, um, it's much faster paced than most traditional sports are. And the crowd volume is really, it really creates this effect for the viewer at home uh, that makes them feel like they're right there getting that inter same energy. And so mixing down the audio, the crowd noise, and their reactions to uh, be very prominent mixed down with, you know, the the, the game sounds and, and, and what's happening inside these video games as we're, we're broadcasting them is very important. It's very important to create that energy and that experience for the viewers at home. And so even uh, microphone technology to, to amp up the crowd noise and mix it with game audio is very important to us. So just trying to give a couple examples of um, how we pay attention to these things and uh, how we create that experience for the fans. Absolutely. And all those progressions will really create and, and amp up that experience for the fans. Just the use of avatars, CGI, all those things are so incredible. And I don't remember seeing that at the last football game I went to. So uh, that makes eSports very unique. Now, uh, no one expected the world to shut down with lockdowns, but unfortunately it happened and it affected a lot of industries, including yours. So how did COVID affect the use of pro AV and esports and what did we see come out of these years? 
Yeah. So obviously, I mean, we just didn't have a huge need for, um, let's say, live technology. But, uh, you know, in terms of kind of, uh, you know, bringing in big screens into the arenas and the lighting equipment and so on. Um, but where we did have a need was how we were able to continue to produce games during COVID because players effectively could play from their own homes. You know, we could still manage to have players play from their own homes on a live online network and still hold matches, competitive matches. So, um, you know, uh, broadcast mixing software became important because you'd have all these players with webcams. Um, you know, we effectively, our leagues shipped players, um, you know, webcams that connected to kind of closed circuit networks where they could pull all the players' webcams into mixed down software and mix down a broadcast with all these kind of player cams, plus, you know, footage from inside the game as it was happening live in the spectator clients of these video games. And so um, that that became, uh, a, you know, a point in history where we had to rely on kind of uh, other ancillary technology to mix down our, pro our broadcast and produce them. Um, as opposed to what we would have done in a live venue, right? Mm -hmm. So um, all this remote broadcast technology became much more important to us. Yeah, that rem remote broadcast technology, uh, unlike a lot of the industries out there that were affected by COVID, the esports e business actually adapted fairly well with uh, the introduction of these remote uh, events and considering. And we saw a lot of online events replacing traditional ones with the help of AV. Speaking of which, so, and you kind of spoke about this previously, but what effect do you think the use of AV has on both the player and the fan experience, how it affects it? No, it's a, it's a big part of what we do. You know, I was just talking about this the other day um, with my, um, my business partner, Hector, and, and about how it went when we're creating an experience for our events, you know, we have to pay attention to the little details, even like, you know, the level of bass and, you know, kind of vibration that we're putting through the venue through subwoofers, right? Like uh, hearing when you get that experience, when you walk into an esports match for the first time and you feel the rumble of the subwoofers every time somebody fires a gun in the game or um, jumps in the game and lands, you know, that, that uh, rumble of of the subwoofers really creates a different experience than you can get at than you could you would get at home, right? Mm. Um, same thing. How in, in many ways to when you go to a live basketball match or a football match, you know, hearing the ball hit the court sounds a little different than it would be on television, and you know, hearing a hard tackle in a football game is is a different you know audio experience when you hear uh, you know two two big guys running at each other at full speed and they hit each other. So. Um, you know, everything that we do in, in, in terms of um, producing that experience is tied to, to audiovisual in some ways. So, um, yeah, it's, it's very important for us to continue to iterate on what we're doing here. Yeah. After you telling me all about this, I think you would agree that esports is more than just a game, right? It's a full production. What you were saying with the subwoofers and the proper AV effects, AV effects are actually what really makes or breaks the fans' experience. So on that note, where do you think you see the future of AV and esports headed? We are looking at some of just the coolest things. Um, you know, we have plans to construct a custom venue. Um, a mixed use venue. It's not just for esports, but really we wanted to wrap our heads around um, how do we create the venue of the future and whether that be to view concerts and music or 
esports or conferences, uh, presentations, sporting events, whatever it may be. And um, we're really at the forefront as a as an esports organization and um, kind of researching uh, audiovisual technologies and how we can create that experience, a better experience for fans. So we're looking at things even like um, uh, we're looking at uh, kind of uh, you know mapping uh, video and lighting effects on the ceiling of our venue, for example, mm. like projection mapping. Um, we're looking at things like um, uh, drone lights, um, uh, effectively like using uh, a mass like set of drones to create lighting effects in the sky, where you can actually create images with drones and lights and over our venue and advertisements and promotions, etc. Uh, but also just like cool artistic and creative experiences. Um, we are looking at. Uh, Things like, uh, you know, I think we were, we were looking at like pangolin laser systems, um, you know, where, where effectively you can create laser light shows and project onto lasers. Um, there's all sorts of stuff that, that we're kind of looking to do here. Um, also dynamic, uh, dy dynamic transitional uh, screens. So uh, not having just fixed screens inside a venue, having a the capability to rig large screens and when i say large i'm talking you know you know 100 foot wide screen and be able to make that a variable uh, repositionable screen on the fly to where the screens can actually move and um, create dynamic setups for different styles of events like cert we, we participate in multiple games right in esports so it's not just one video game and they're all different and um having the ability to set up your AV in ways that cater to each of these different games is very important to us. Yeah, catering each of, catering to each of the games, but also coming together in just one great fan experience with the utilization of all of these new technologies that are coming up. Yeah, and, and we think that transitions to where we can actually pioneer and innovate things and other things like for other events like concerts, right? Yeah, um, you know, um, if we're if we're creating somewhat of that new dynamic for esports. Why not uh, utilize screens in that way for concerts and other types of shows and experiences? Absolutely. And esports is up there growing rapidly, and so is their need for the top-of-the-line AV, just like those uh, drones you were talking about. So mm -hmm. I believe the future remains very bright for, for esports. Yeah. So, the, dr the drones specifically are very cool, and I don't know how many AV you know groups are really looking at that. Yeah. But... Um, you know, the ability, you know, effectively what LED screens are right now are just massive panels of, you know, light that create um, images, right? When, they, when they're, all, they're all kind of put together, all these panels of LEDs. And so we see that opportunity potentially becoming available with drones, right? Where mm -hmm. effectively you can send these drones into the sky, into the sky, create a massive panel of lights and um, then manipulate those lights to create images, right? In the sky. And I mean, cool. you know, if we did that, let's say above a, an arena, you know, the future could look cool when you're walking up to an arena to go to an event and you see images in, in the sky and you're hearing audio in the speakers throughout the district, right? Oh, absolutely. I would want to go to that event. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're dabbling in it right now. We're learning more about it. But um, that's just an example of, you know, where we can go. Well, it's a great example. Now, Mike, if people want to reach out and ask questions about what it is you're doing or even just want to learn more, how can they reach out and get in touch with you? 
Yeah, so we um, our our team brands. Uh, we have multiple team brands. We have Team Envy. We have Dallas Fuel, uh, which is the Overwatch League team here, based in Dallas. We have Optic Texas, which is our Call of Duty League uh, team based here in Texas, and we have Optic Gaming, which is a, a very large uh, esports and gaming media and entertainment brand. So any of those four brands, Envy, uh, Dallas Fuel, Optic Texas, and Optic Gaming, uh, feel free to connect with us on social media. We're all over the place and. If you just Google that ter- those terms, you'll find us. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, a big thank you to Mike Ruffell for being here with us today. To learn more about MV Gaming and the awesome things they do, visit mv.gg. And of course, to hear more episodes, look for this podcast on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever it is you get your podcasts at. Thanks again for joining us. 